When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. This episode of Dum Dee Da is sponsored by Liquor You Like on the Felsham Road. The chap's called Hammered and he's so lovely. Doesn't mind if you come in twice a day. Don't tell anyone, thank you very much. That's irrelevant because this is Dum Dum the show about the reality dark drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of Midlands. I'm the DNA test that is Roy Field Brown and with me I have the saliva swab that is Lucy Freeman. And the most important part of our paternal celebrations folks is you. Now today's rendition of Barrett Green is brought to you by my brother Paul Room who wound the clock back 30 years to give us an 80s-tastic intro. Now Luce. <sighs> Can you remind our listeners? We know we say this every week, right? Podcasts don't do it, do they? They, they don't. They don't. They don't. They, don't. they just ignore it. They, mm. they all, they're, they're, that's interesting. They're saying that thing again. La 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 la. <laughs> but for the new buggers, the new buggers that are downloading the show for the first yeah. time. So <clears> if <throat> you've been listening, yes, if you've been listening to us before, you know what. Screw you, right? Because you don't react to what we say anyway. But if you're a new bugger... Is this what they call listener engagement? Yes. Shouting, <laughs> screw you, at your listeners. Listen, it's the only way these people understand it's what I'm saying. Abuse. understand. Abuse, right? Yes. Now, right, new listeners who aren't yet buggers, right? You're only a bugger if you, you stop doing what we ask you to do, right? So, new listeners... Right, Lucy, listen to this, because Lucy's going to tell you how you can win the accolade of Dum Dee Dummer of the Week. Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or give us your estimate as to how many times Peggy Woolley has changed her will and we will accept answers rounded up to the nearest 50, give us a ring on 02030313105 or get in touch via SpeakPipe. Uh, thank you to Harriet at Shambridge for the voices and to Derek for the load of the back bedroom Derek has been canvassing for UKIP this week with Nathan Booth it's not going well Alan told him that Jesus welcomed all Kate called him a fascist and Sabrina Thwaite told him to get his hand off a knocker (laughs) 
Do you think there's going to be any election goings on in Ambridge? No. 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 No, they never do. No, they don't, do they? No. Mm. Who do you think Kenton votes for? <gasps> Once Raven Lumi party? Lib Dems. Joe Grundy. Labour. Really? Hmm. I, you know, I see him as a working class Tory, Joe Grundy. I think Clary is. Mm, no, that's Susan. Yeah, no, I think Clary is as well. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't think Joe Grundy votes Labour, you know, because he, he, he's very, he does like everybody to have their title, the proper, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, so he's a... Right there, Mr. David Archer. Yeah. You know, he's. Um, how about, all right, one last one on this. This is as political as we're going to get with this forthcoming election. Who do you think. Oh, well, Kate Ward is obviously Green Party, that, that's yeah. obvious. Uh, or the right. Yogic Flyers or something. You know, those <laughs> lunatics. That used to... Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to the Young Socialists um, Spring Fair. Um, on Saturday. Did you? Yeah. Um, it was at, it was uh, at the end of the road here. It right. was it was a bit of a hodgepodge of humanity. <laughs> 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 it really was. It was twenty pence to get in. It was at the, at the school <laughs> at the end of the road. It was twenty p to get in, and if there were a hundred people, and that's if they had the saddest bouncy castle. Oh. Um, Lots of jumble, and but really good uh, curry goat and rice, uh, so that was good. Right. And had some Indian sweets. Okay. And lots of beaten up books, lots of books on Lenin, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> and and actually the reason why I'm mentioning this is because the prospective member for Walthamstow, mm -hmm. uh, for the Socialist Party, was there. His name I forget, but he kept on touching my arm and said, do you agree with what the government's doing? <laughs> and I, and I, I basically said, no. You said, I don't agree with what anyone's doing. That's, that's literally what he said. I says, I'm against most things. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what in particular? I said, I'm just against most things. Most of the time, really. <laughs> Name me something and I, the chances are I'm, I'm against, against it. it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to Radio 4, you know. I hate everybody and I'm against everything. <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway. Oh, who it was? Uh, Find out who it was and tell me. <laughs> no, no, no. I will do. I will do. And uh, the very, very, very last thing was, have you ever run a raffle in your whole life? Yes, it's a nightmare. Winning a raffle is a nightmare. Not running it, winning. Wait, oh, sorry. I thought you said running it. No, no, yes, I have won a raffle. Yes. What did you win? Uh, I can't remember, but I'm having a very Joyce Grenfell morning. So all I can mm. think about is Joyce Grenfell winning the rabbit in that uh, in the sketch you don't oh. know what I'm talking about but anyway no. um, uh, what have I won I've won some really 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 nasty body cream really horrid what's horrid about it it smelled like imac oh yeah oh it was foul and it's kind of pale blue and it didn't I don't know oh it was just horrid sounds anyway. like woad well, it, yeah, no, pale blue, not dark. I wasn't like, you know, mm. what's his name, Mel Gibson. Did you strip, um, did you start, strip off to the waist, have your bosoms out like boudicca, and go charging off when you when you put it on your body? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. And what go on, you Romans, let's be happy, yeah. 
Anyway, um, Why? Did you, uh, you know what? I can't concentrate now because I'm just thinking of you all bare-chested, bosoms akimbo. Stop it. <laughs> what did you win in the raffle? Did you win a Young no, Socialist? No, no, no. I thought, I thought I, I won something in the raffle. But it was an old, an old gentleman called Roy. Because he made a real point of saying, so you should pay 20 pence to get in uh, with your programme. And he says, you've got to write your name, you've got to write your name because of the raffle, because of the raffle. Well, I never win any raffles. So he says, you've got to write your name, you've got to write your name. So I wrote my name. And then, um, bottle of wine, second thing. And Roy, the one who bought the wine. And I thought, well, I put Roy Field. But I, and I stood up. And then some old guy got up, the real Roy. Aww. And I was like, oh, God's sake. You know, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and his picture taken and everything. It was all really, really quite cool. He had but, his picture taken for winning a bottle of wine. Yeah, 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 yeah. To go in the socialist worker or something or another. Oh. I, I don't know. But um, they won't be getting my vote, uh, the, the socialist party. No. Um, nah. No point really, is there? Not really. You know, all this bloody revolution and, and stuff yes. and then, then then voting for them. No point. However, I did enjoy the cupcake. And that's the reason why those people are never really going to prosper. Because they're there to fundraise. <laughs> and it was 20 pence for a cupcake. And I picked up the cupcake. I was about to hand the one 20 pence. And don't worry about it, brother. You know, that, that's the reason why yeah. the system's there never going to work. Yeah. You got it right there. That's the whole thing encapsulated. Exactly. Don't worry about it, brother. Yeah. Bankrupt country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was their economic manifesto writ large. I thought, you know what, you should have taken my money. You're not having my vote. I'm out of here. Especially it's only 20p. We charge a quid at the school fate. Really? Yes. But we, our cupcakes have crack cocaine in them. So very expensive. <laughs> it's the only way we can all get through the white elephant stall. Mm. Lucy. Yes. What is our podcast about? I've forgotten. Uh, cupcakes. Young socialists. Raffles. Don't know. Uh, how about psychiatrists from New York? Yeah. Oh. Hey, do you know what? What? You follow you. I, I've linked in with Witherspoon. Ooh. I have. Me too. And he's very handsome. I don't know how handsome handsome husband is, but if handsome husband managed to ensnare handsome Witherspoon, handsome husband must be like Poldark or something. <laughs> what a dreadful actor! But yeah. great abs. <laughs> Smothered in baby oil and unconvincing muscle definition. Yes. Oh, I, I did. I do like me some Gogglebox, and Gogglebox is the only reason why I even know what the hell Poldark is. But it is proper cheesy. That is one <laughs> dreadful drama. <laughs> you know, but uh, even I, I'm forced to admit he is a bit handsome. He yes. does smoulder, doesn't he? I don't, I have never seen him move. I've only seen him in pictures. Mm. But in pictures, he's certainly worth a second look. Yes. <laughs> but you don't like your generally. You don't like your your men handsome, do you? You like them odd. <laughs> I like ugly ones. Yes. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Odd, That's nice. And pasty, and uh, slightly inbred looking. Oh, no offence, extra dormouse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, because one of the things that people go on about this podcast, they say there's too much rambling. Yes. So we need to get back on track. I'm going to whip us both into shape in this episode. Go on then. Because so this week we have calls from Wait, Witherspoon. Do you realise we've had bare breasts and whipping already? We're only seven <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> we have calls from Witherspoon who admires me for getting it off the ground. Goddess Diva who has uh, resigned from uh, the Wonder Women and now is in Lucy's Pussy Posse. 
good riddance to your goddess diva, who um, gives us her subtle reaction to Titchy Knob taking the DNA test, Jojo Sexy Heels, well, Jojo Sexy Heels, who's concerned about swabs and sperm samples, Cosmo. Is he back or is he off somewhere? He's back temporarily. He's going to Canada in five weeks. Great. Now, Cosmo gives us the accountant's view. Fifi Fanshawe, who we haven't heard from her for a very long no, time. Hello, Fifi, um, who has an ode to Frida Fry and Vicky Cole, who's been laughing at Brian. But Lucy? Yes. First, before all that, why don't you give us your last week in Ambridge? The water has gone down, but is Ambridge on its knees? Is it hell? It has strapped on its little inflatable water wings and is cracking on in its own distinctively lunatic fashion. Eddie is wading around in the sludge, suggesting that post-flood is the ideal time to fit a moat or duck or boathouse to anyone that still has any money left. Pat is cleaning up the pack house to turn it into the shop and is force-feeding the soggier residents of Ambridge with wholemeal quinoa and bits of leftover chard from the veg boxes. As a result, all over the village, residents are hurling themselves in the am in an effort to drown themselves for the second time rather than have to eat more of that soup. Frida, as befits a woman who spent a lifetime hovering over the deep fat fryer, decided to be cremated rather than risking the green burial ground. She is having a rose put in the bull garden as her memorial and her ashes will be sprinkled on the lasagna. Don't worry, that isn't Frida on the platform, said Bert comfortably. Actually, it wasn't. It was a bundle of old sacking. Frida's on the compost heap at the bungalow. It must be awfully <laughs> quiet now your family have gone, said Carol Toboggan as three silent characters pulled away in their car. <laughs> Harassment gave Fallon some money for her Ambridge tea bagging service, I think. I wasn't entirely sure what he was paying her for, but I didn't want to dwell, as I am now starting to think of Harassment as Fallon's carer, as she seems to be completely barking. Wait a minute. How what? much did he give? It wasn't much, was it? It's a couple of hundred quid. Mm. But what for? That's the point. Are you, what are you doing? Because there's all manner of funny, squelchy clicking noises. Is there? Oh, sorry. It's probably because I'm leaning on the desk, but I'm not going to now. I've taken my elbows off the desk. Sorry. Good boy. Uh, Fallon has been turned down like a bedspread by the bank, but remains irritatingly cheerful despite having her investment also yanked away from her by Kenton. She has diverted her disappointment by going completely mental and inventing a hen that has to keep its head up. The heads up hen is the single worst idea for an event in Ambridge ever. And I am including turkey entrail fortune telling in that. <laughs> <sighs> Jolene and Kenton are colluding with her in the madness and have managed to convince themselves that the heads up hen is an idea of unparalleled genius. Honestly, sometimes I wonder how most of Ambridge has not been sectioned yet. As well as the delights of the sewage-strewn flood bar, the pub contingent is creating a pop-up bull on the green. For one horrible minute, I thought they were resurrecting Oscar, who would pop up behind the bus stop near the pond and run amok. Sorry, Kenton... Lucy. What? Who's Oscar? It's not Oscar, is it? What's the name of the bull? Otto. Otto. Sorry. Sorry. You I'm might want to do Oscar. that last bit yeah, again, because you're going to throw people. Do you know what? There's a really rude joke in the end of this. Okay. So brace yourself. You might have to chop it out. For one horrible minute, I thought they were resurrecting Otto, who would pop up behind the bus stop near the pond and run amok. 
Kenton put on his water wings and Doggy paddled over to Fagash Lil with his damp little hand out, looking for investment for the bull, and was turned down as Lillian was struggling to manage, darling, pulling on her Gucci slippers and opening another bottle. Joe is very much enjoying working his way through every garment in the village. Grandad always manages to make the best of things, said Ed, as Joe wandered past wearing one of Peggy Woolley's nighties, Fallon's thong and a pair of Shula's jeggings. The Slitheen <laughs> is back. Hazel, Woolley, boo, hiss. She moaned about Jack's headstone as Peggy had replaced the Clinton card verse Hazel had suggested with something more fitting. Namely a limerick that started, there was an old man from Brum who had a big hairy bum. Um, the flood meeting was suitably boring. Susan mm. asked Alan if he was a chair and he said no, he was a vicar. Matty from Radio Borsetshire was at the meeting. Considering local radio stations around the country are dropping like flies, Borsetshire seems to be hiring new reporters every week. Uh, Jazza got stuck into Susan's custard donut. She told him off for doing it in the shop as it would be off-putting for the other customers. Too right it would. Titchy Knob's big end went, so Helen offered to take him to the garage in an exciting segment of the show. He took this opportunity to share with her the glad tidings that he was going to prove he was slash wasn't the father of Titchy Knob Jr. Helen was astonished at this. Astonished. How could someone who was the legal husband of a woman who had a baby within wedlock be considered as the father? She was astonished as she was that Kirsty didn't want to be her best friend anymore. Astonished. It's a baffling world Helen lives in. Over at home farm. Adam is worried about the soil degrading rather than his marriage. Brian mm. protested feebly and said, oh, come on, Adam, we've put in beetle banks. Oh, that is just ridiculous. Where would beetles possibly put a debit card? Anyway, Brian was also having a lovely moan about Kate turning down a job at Bow Burger. Bow, presumably, standing <laughs> for botulism. She is doing yoga to cope with her stress and spends every morning, according to Lillian, with her ankles behind her ears. Well, I can see how that posture would interfere with your serving up of burgers unless you needed somewhere handy to keep the paper napkins. The end. You can't say stuff like that. <laughs> you really can't. You really can't. <laughs> Poor Jembe. You know. <laughs> Block your ears, Jembe. <laughs> Crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> now... Yes. There was, for me, there was a bit of a link between uh, me talking about getting a free cupcake from the young socialists, yeah. right? And then my lovely Fallon not getting a loan from, from the bank. Yeah. The economic system is just against us proles, isn't it? Well, mm. I've been writing a piece uh, last week. Um, I've been writing one thing about Aristotle and one thing about um, entrepreneurs. And mm. something like, 25% of entrepreneurs in this country mm. have to remortgage their home to raise enough seed capital to start. Mm -hmm. So we are missing out on all the good entrepreneurial ideas that people have that haven't already got either family money or a home to remortgage. And if, as we're heading into a society where people are not going to be able to afford their own homes... We're not mm. going to have new business unless we get substantial, you know, uh, somebody willing to... I mean, there's, there's a British business bank and everything that offers seed funding and stuff. But I just thought, gosh, that's astonishing. 
Mm. So I thought poor old Fallon, you see, she's got a great, well, it's let's, mm, a great idea is probably pushing it. She's had an idea for a thing <laughs> and it's a bit chit, but anyway, I'm sure it'll be great. And um, yes, and she can't do anything because she's got absolutely no money from anywhere. Mm. Well, they say, another way of looking at it is you've got to get over that hurdle of being able to find the cash and it's only the most determined of people then that will um that can either launch their idea without cash or find a way that strive for it and it shows that you know you're gonna have some kind of staying power in business so there is mm -hmm. a kind of darwinian kind of element to that in and of itself you could yeah, argue but, yes but, but, but yeah go if, on. You, if you just if there's no chance well, you know, if you're if you're on a, you know, um, if you live in rented accommodation or you're in um, social housing or whatever, mm. and so are your parents, and and you know where where is there to get? Well, that I suppose something like the Prince's Trust or something like that. Mm. No, no, it, it, there is. You know, you you are right that you know people get in having access to capital is obviously going to help them in terms of form, forming new business. But then there is also uh, the climate, the cultural climate, which kind of hinders people as well. And, you know, I'm no massive evangelist for all things American by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I, I, I find the place uh, fascinating and scary uh, in, in equal measure. But it has to be said that, especially if you're in somewhere like the West Coast anyway, that there is an, a much more disposable attitude towards uh, entrepreneurialism and just people just having the guts or the balls, whatever the, the word is, just to strike out and, and to do something. Whereas over here, it's a bit like, oh, that'll never work. Whereas over yeah. there, they'll go, good for you. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. You know, they're, they're much more kind of emotionally supportive. And yeah. actually, you know, probably actually practically supportive whereas over here it's a case of oh that'll never work or what do you want to mm. do that for blah 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 yeah and you know somebody's a bit of an old old lefty it kind of irks me to say but um new business actually is the, the fundamental driver of the economy there's no yeah. ways about it you know we we need to turn over new ideas and, and have those put put into business to help drive the economy that doesn't that's not to say that the whole economic system should be um, skewed towards uh, business and, and new business but it definitely is an important kind of component of society and I, I just think that we kind of slightly have it wrong over here of which you've put your finger on it that we don't help new. what podcast is this I don't know but I was just thinking imagine all this coming from an imaginary tea shop <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Nora, we do not get carried away, don't we? Oh, anyway, um, right. So, should we listen to Witherspoon? Yes, why I not? With a spoon. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Sorry for being missing in action recently, much like Will Grundy. Though I did have a most excellent time texting with fellow fans during the first attempt at the live broadcast. I admired Royfield and Lucy's tenacity in trying to get it off the ground. Royfield, I know I can give you a hard time, but you know it's out of great affection. Your story this week about your inheritance and giving the land in Jamaica back to your aunt was very lovely, 
and I, like Lucy, was quite touched by it. So our endless winter here in the Northeast is finally coming to an end, and Scottish husband and I are jetting off to sunny Florida tomorrow to visit my mom for a long weekend. Hopefully the family conversations will be less icy than those between Hazel and Peggy. A few random thoughts in review of the last couple of weeks. I actually did enjoy the story of the biblical flood in Ambridge. It was like a good old-time Irwin Allen disaster movie. The unexpected death of Frida was akin to Stella Stevens falling into the fiery pit in the Poseidon adventure, just when you thought she was going to make it. Both Angus Haggis and I have also been very upset about Scruff and still hold out hope for his safe return. Angus is looking out the window for him right now. We were very moved by Linda's heartbreak, and it's good that she's sublimating her sadness with her renewed focus on the campaign to single-handedly save the village from the evil ones. I am also glad that David hit the giant Doctor Who reset button and is back in the good graces of everyone in Ambridge except Susan. Susan, you're definitely not impressing me right now, but then again, you usually don't. Speaking of always giving a negative impression, I can't wait to see how Rob tries to dig out of the rather large hole he's currently at the bottom of. And Lucy, I was thinking the same thing about Charlie Thomas, that he's the secret son of Justin Elliott. But please, scriptwriters, and apologies to Yokel Bear, cease and desist this prolonged flirtation between Charlie and Adam, and bring back Ian, who is still listed on the Archer's website as the love of Adam's life. If you're only going to have one LGBT relationship on the Archers, at least let it be a happy one. On that plaintive note, I'll sign off for now. Hopefully you will be admiring my tan the next time we speak. Yes, frosty family conversations between Hazel and Peggy. The reason I called Hazel the Slitheen mm. is because she's played by an actress called Annette Badland who played the Slitheen in Doctor Who. Badland? Yeah, Annette Badland. Oh. Uh, she's a great actress um, and she's been around for years and years and years. And years I and years. know who she is now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know what? What? I absolutely pictured Hazy Woolley being like her. Yeah. Physically. I know. Yeah. It's weird, isn't she's it? She's wasted being on radio playing yeah. her. It's just yeah. so apt. Yeah. She's a fantastic actress. Mm. Um, Have you seen Plarches, what they've done for her? No, not yet. She's some great noticed. lizard creature. <laughs> 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 and can we just say again that that's... Uh, Ambridge synthetics that the flashes yeah. on the Genius. Twitters. Oh, it's just so clever. Yeah. So yeah. clever. Yeah. Uh, Angus Haggis, Witherspoon's dog, is very sad about Scruff. Um, I think that woman in the estates got him. You know, the one that ended up with the toy farm mm. when, when Jill and David completely lost it and went rampaging around demanding to go through the contents of her attic or whatever mm. it was. Uh, that, they, that she'd bought at the um, Bring and Buy. Um, <clears throat> I think she's probably got the Jungle dog as well. Sale. Yeah, she'll get really fed it up. It should because have been a table be... sale is according to my Dusty. Oh, uh, okay. Because she says that's what that's how you make the money. Yes. So it'll be old hat, isn't it, Jungle mm, Sales? Yeah. That poor woman in the estate's going to get fed up with people from Anbridge ringing, <laughs> ringing her doorbell and saying, have you got all our things? Give us our things back. Give us our dog back. <laughs> Give us our toy farm back. Well, we don't know that she's got scruff. That's I wild can't believe speculation he's dead, though. on your I part. cannot believe he's dead. It just seems too hard for him to be dead. Mm. Um, Who's she vote for? 
What, the woman on the estate? Mm. She's got to uh, be Labour. No. Really? Yeah, she's all grumpy. You kip. Um, and with a spoon... <laughs> with a spoon... No, that's Daryl. Uh, Daryl's you kip, any. Yeah. Now his missus has gone yeah. off and left him. Yeah. He wants all the poles deported He's highly skilled craftsman, he is. These <laughs> poles coming over here, taking his jobs. Um, uh, with no, a spoon, taking thinks... his daughters. Witherspoon uh, says that uh, agrees that Charlie may be Justin's son. Mm. 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 So I wish that storyline would hurry up and get finalised. So if it's right, I can go ha 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 and lord it over you because I said it first. Um, and now we have lovely goddess Diva. Didn't Witherspoon say anything about me in that call? I can't remember. Did he? Oh yes, he said that. Do it, proper yes, roundups, Lucy. Very, sorry, it, darling. You said it was very interesting about you being given the land, and he's no. also looking at you with a different eye. Mm. That's not what I was referring to. Oh, what then? Didn't he say something like he thinks I'm cool? No. Oh, maybe that was the last with the spoon call. All right, I cut that bit out. Or maybe you've just made it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what with the spoon wanted to say. Yes, that's what he was thinking, definitely. Mm. Hello, you two. It's Goddess Diva here. I've just remembered I've never actually told you what it is I actually do. I don't know if you're even still interested. But hey-ho, what I do is I'm a secret agent. Um, also a world-famous trapeze artist, but you've got to keep that quiet. It's all part of the secret agent thing. Um, nobody actually listens to this, do they? I'm still going to be safe, aren't I? It's fine. I'll just look, look out for people with umbrellas. Um, being a bit of a week in Ambridge, isn't it, really? May I just say, on behalf of everybody, where it comes to Rob and the paternity test. <laughs> in your face, stitching up. In your face. Hello again, you two. Apparently you lost half my message. I was talking about harassment burns, I think, and how much I hate him and how much I'd really quite like to punch him because he is just like titching of light, which sounds really wrong. That sounds really, really wrong. But his accent gets on my nerves. I just want to kick him in the face till my feet break. He's just so sickly nice, but we know he's a stalker, really. Um, yeah, there wasn't much more I was going to say, I don't think, apart from I still love Emma Grundy. I think um, Scruff may be found in a ditch, but I still think it's more likely that he's been cut into pieces and is under George Grundy's bed. Um because I happen to be with Royfield now on this, that it is George Grundy who's the devil, not Henry Archer. Oh, and Frida, that was the other thing I was going to say. Okay, I'm bored now. I'm really bored. Um, it was very, very sad and I was very upset, but can we move on? Do we have to have like 10 episodes on Frida's bloody funeral on this rose? I don't care where this rose is going, to be honest, and I don't even care if that makes me a bad person. I am so, so bored of it now. It, the wake thing, it was like I was at an actual wake. I was bored, I felt awkward, and I was looking for booze, even though it was that early in the morning. Have a lovely week, and still loving the podcast, and Team Lucy for the win! Alright, bye! Goddess Diva's call is in two bits, because it conked out. Mm-hmm. So, but make sure you put both of them in. And, and join them up. Join them up. In a seamless yes. fashion. Yes. Mm. Uh, Goddess Diva, nice reaction to Rob and the paternity test. I like the roaring with laughter. Um, harassment burn seems to get on a lot of people's nerves. 
she said to his accent drives her mad you're doing that crunkly thing again are you eating sweeties no i'm not even leaning on the thingy but because we're now recording both oh, tracks it matter, it separately it? i can just turn myself down yeah. How many times do you have to keep telling me that? You've told me that every time, haven't you? I forget every <laughs> single time. Sorry. Um, well, Goddess Diva says she's bored of the Frida storyline. Move on. That's well, a it, bit harsh. It has been a week, Goddess Diva. And, you know, that is ample time for a man to grieve for his wife of 50 years a week. Mm. Come on, chop, chop. We've all, yes, sad, sad. Very. <laughs> <laughs> cry, cry. Very sad. Next. Yes, she's not impressed with the morning. I thought it was quite sweet, though, and a bit odd. Fallon describing Kenton's uh, consoling of of uh, Bert in the pub garden. But I thought, why, why didn't we that hear odd? that? Well, because why didn't we hear it? Why were we hearing it secondhand through Fallon? It just seemed oh. a bit strange. Mm. But then so much of it is strange. I can't really start questioning, singling out odd bits. Well, I'll tell you the reason why... Um... We didn't hear it because they'd have to pay the actor another episode fee. But Aha. that's the reason why. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Run out of money. Talking of money, yep. Cosmo. That's the theme of this show, actually, if you think about money, it. Money, money, money. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Cosmo here again. In about five weeks, I should be going on holiday. This will be an exciting trip to Canada. Sorry I missed the golden birthday outing. Did I hear my accountancy knowledge being taken in vain last week? I think that I'm on the Royfield side here, and that I only became an accountant until I found out what I wanted to do when I grew up, and I'm still waiting to find out. Nothing wrong, though, with a bit of adding up and taking away. Just not sensible to talk about it at the dinner table, as you said. A couple of weeks ago, we were discussing the uh, Brookfield inheritance and all the rest of it, and you asked if I would kindly paint in some of the finer details. I'd like to thank God Kerry Davis, who wrote a blog post about this back in October, and a quick summary without all the dramatics which accompanied the decision for Phil to retire. Phil and Jill bought Deed Cottage and would have an income of £18,000 a year. Now, seeing that Jill has moved back into the farmhouse. One wonders if that ought to be cut back because at the time it was seen as quite a hit on the profits of Brookfield. I believe that Elizabeth and Shula get to share the proceeds of Deep Cottage once it is sold. However, originally the three siblings were to get nothing of Brookfield. This dragged on for some months during which Ruth had cancer, Mel became pregnant, Elizabeth, bless her cotton socks, was particularly obstreperous uh, and hence David and Ruth were not godparents to the Frillies. At the time, of course, Elizabeth was married to an effective millionaire herself. Lizzie also was particularly Machiavellian during this period, making Phil believe that David lost the plot and the capability of running the farm. David also ended up in a slurry pit or something. Anyway, eventually, after 12 months or thereabouts, Phil finally adopted a suggestion that David had made months earlier, and this was... A new company was to be formed to own Brookfield. David and Ruth would own it, but an unspecified number of special shares were given to Shula, Kenton and Elizabeth, and we were never told what the split was. Only if the farm was sold would the other three siblings get their payout, and they had no choice about it. The recent story implying that they had a choice as to whether or not 
they uh, took the money or not just wasn't there. Uh, also not mentioned by Kerry and at variance the recent events, but I don't believe that they had a choice in the matter. They had to take the payout so that Ruth and David were then free to do what they liked with the remaining money. Anyway, that's probably enough of me wittering on tonight. Uh, I look forward to each edition, and I've no doubt that uh, you'll keep going even when I'm away in Canada. Bye for now. Um, yes, bloody hell, it's complicated, isn't it? The divvying up of Brookfield. I'm glad I am planning on having absolutely nothing to leave to anybody because I will have spent it all on... Is this where this podcast Private becomes... aircraft and toy boys. What? Um, is this where this podcast becomes an episode of you and yours? No, Moneybox Live. Oh, that's what I meant, Moneybox Live. Yes. Oh, it's, it's just... All right, so I'm just zoning out. Over to you, Lisey. Wake me up in <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> Thanks. It's so nice to have your undivided attention, Rolf. Great. <laughs> At least if we're in the same room, I could kick you under the table occasionally when you nodded off. Uh, no, it's just incredibly complicated. Who's got what and why and when and and everything else? But he has reminded me of Lizzie being a completely revolting, money-grabbing little... Bleh. I don't even know what to say. It was going to be very rude. Um when she was quite happily married to a sodding landowning millionaire, for God's sake. Um, and she tried to persuade Phil that David was an unfit person, an unfit steward of the land and all that. And uh, yes, nauseating woman she is. And I keep forgetting that because I got a little bit sympathetic with her over the whole Roy thing. I don't know how mm. I ended up feeling sympathetic to her. So you, but uh, you, were, you didn't feel sympathetic towards her when her husband fell off the roof? Um, and yes. Widowed. yes, yes, yes. I mean, recently mm. I felt sympathetic to her. Mm. Yes. Hello, Dumpty Dum. This is Vicky Cole here, first time caller in a row. Um, I'm an optometrist. I've been living in Kenya for nearly six years now. Um, the first year we were here, I had to rely completely on the email synopsis. Can you imagine that? I can remember being so surprised when I finally heard Vicky. I hadn't imagined her as brummy as that. Luckily now, though, we have iPlayer and podcasts, and I don't think I've missed an episode for about five years. I'm a bit addicted. My husband got me the ringtone of the Archer's theme music, which can cause comment when the phone rings. I've been listening to the Archers for a while now. The first thing I remember was the aftermath of Cameron Fraser abandoning Lizzie. Um, and I also remember David and Ruth discovering they were pregnant with Pip, she of the varying accent. So I'm guessing that's about 20 years now. I love your podcast. It's become a highlight of my week. I discovered it by accident when Kerry Davis was on and uh, it was publicised on the Archer's website. I'm also very pleased with my Dumpty Dum purchases, my pyjamas and my mug. And thank you, Royfield, for your kind comments about my photograph with, photo with pyjamas and mug near Kilim Kilimanjaro. So, the latest developments. I'm not sure about all the new voices except new Tony, who I do like. I'm delighted, if a little surprised, by his speedy recovery. Like everyone else, I can't tell the difference between Charlie and Tom, and I'm worried about poor Ian. Totally intrigued by the Rob paternity story, I wonder where that's going. And I am loving to hate Kate. Some of the dialogue between her and Brian recently has made me laugh out loud. I thought and I hoped that Roy and Haley would work things out, but it doesn't look promising. Poor Phoebe. And poor, poor Bert. That has been very moving. 
And Hazel is back. That can only be bad news. She is very nasty. And I think poor Ed is going to get drawn into all sorts of trouble about disclosing the state of the ditches. So there's lots to look forward to. I think that's all for now. Thanks again for the podcast. And bye for now. Vicky Cole, who is an optometrist from Kenya. And also a first-time caller in a First time caller in a and she's the one who sent us a photo of her up Kilimanjaro. Mm. And the reason she's the one who started me off on my Joyce Grenfell um, thing uh my Joyce Grenfell jag um because uh when she said Kenya and I thought of Joyce Grenfell saying you have to call it Kenya now you know on that sketch anyway um she Isn't it loves the other way around what because it used to be called Kenya then it became independent and they said it's Kenya no but this was recorded in the 50s oh yeah oh, okay. um when it used to be called something entirely a colonial and inappropriate um uh vicky is loving the way mm. brian's character is allowed to flourish when he is under duress yes i like mm. that too yes. when he's stamping around talking about monstrous regiments of women can i admit something really really awful go on you know secret crushes charles dance white mischief set in kenya that's his secret crush no chris starchy loved her in that yeah no i'm talking about the archers oh for a change um, sorry, I was stuck in colonial Kenya. Sorry, circa the 1940s. In her pants. When yes. the white elite um, are all sleeping with each other and then yes. somebody bumps off somebody for shagging their wife. Great yes. film, that. Yes. Um, uh, now you put me off. David is my unsecret crush because I tell everybody about it, including Tim Bentinck at great and boring drunken length. But uh, actually, Brian Aldridge is my secret crush. I understand that. Do you? It's a man with power, money. Um... Oh, no, I'm not bothered about the power and the money. It's oh. the sense of humour I like. Yes. He's all... Because yeah. mm. he's this... sarky and funny and dry. He's very and he dry. And likes a nice whiskey and he just wants to be left alone. I think, basically, I am Brian Aldridge in, in womanly form. Really? Mm. I think that's why I like him. If you were a woman on the no, he's a bit too sane for you, Lucy. He is. (laughs) Come on. Yes. (laughs) I I love you dearly, but you're slightly all over the place, kind of emotionally. (laughs) He's he's a bit kind of rock solid in in that way, kind of emotionally. Yes. Mm. Yes. He doesn't often. Yes. I would say you'd make a good couple, but yin to your yang in that way. Yeah. And he's actually um, more insightful than you realise because yes. he doesn't take Kate's nonsense, does he? No. You know, he sees, he's, he saw, he's seen right through for, absolutely yes. for years. And when, he, when she came back and was spouting all the things, all this. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Stuff about Lucas, and he very clearly said to Jenny, there's two sides to every story. We yeah. don't, you know, and yeah. when Jenny was going, oh, Lucas is, didn't support yeah. Kate, next and wine said, and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Said it before, say it again. He is the best fleshed out male character on the whole thing. Yeah. By far. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Who would you, if you were a woman on the Archers, who would you be? Hmm. Thing is, I don't know who I am. What do you mean you don't know who you are? Oh, God, well, we're getting all existential. Yes. Oh. oh, I feel like I need to lie down. With a spoon over here. <laughs> Tell me who am I? <laughs> you know what? I honestly don't know. And I'm going to say, because I'm a little bit entrepreneurial, so I've got to kind of say Fallon, but that's yeah. not. But that's because I'm so not like any of the other characters who have no. proper grown-up careers. Yeah. That's the only one. Eddie Grundy. <laughs> Sorry, no, that's not a female character. And no, I'm not. I'm joking. That's not you. I was mm. just thinking about, you know, his endless searching for the thing that's going to make their fortunes. Clary Love. Um, who would you be? You're not Lillian because you're not. You're 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 more um well, clean living than that. Mm, I think it. The, you made a really good point a few podcasts ago when you said that people on the Archers actually don't have real jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And so hence, I'm kind of stuck with a comparison. And it's not that I have a real job, but, you know, that many of us now flit from one thing to another, whereas uh, the uh, Ambridge almost feels like the... It career-wise feels like the UK maybe 40 years ago where you have the publican, you have the yeah. uh, the vet, you have yeah. the farm. Yeah. People are very clear, yeah. this is what I do. Whereas, as you rightly pointed out, now people just kind of muddle along, do a bit of this and a bit of that. Obviously, there are very many people that, you know, and, and, there, and there are no middle managers. And it seems like 50% of the jobs that we do in this country is some kind of middle management paper yeah. pushing up and down and roundabouts and, and blah, 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 of which you, you absolutely get when you listen to, to our listeners. You know, how many people yeah. are doing something in yeah. the health profession, in admin, yeah. kind of, sort of, blah, blah, blah. You know. Do you, I've realised who you are, but you're going to be offended, but I don't want you to be offended. Linda Snell. What? Because you're really good at 
starting things and getting excited about things and galvanising people and getting everyone else. Uber got galvanised. Me! You know, I always say you're the accelerator right. on the brakes. Okay. You're... Here we go, here we go. How what? many times did I say about, 30, about 20 podcasts ago, let's have a spontaneous grassroots movement for getting this thing on any kind of broadcastable medium? Yeah. I didn't galvanise not one of our listeners. Uh, no, but that's the kind of thing that takes a long time. Anyway, you, yeah, but you weren't. You I'm really lots of good managing. What I'm really good managing at Grey Gables. Yes, uh, you would be actually. Would I? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can see you doing that. No, so I'm know. Brian Aldridge and you're Linda Snell. I don't think I'm. I think we should turn this over to our good listeners. I don't well, think they I'm tell Linda us who Snell. we are. Mm. Yes. That's, that's risky. <laughs> they spend quite a lot of time telling us what they think we are. <laughs> Not necessarily well, who. Mm, but everybody thinks you're ace. Yeah, everybody. The person that said we were, was it, they said we're inane, didn't they, last week? Was it mm. inane, somebody said? Just insane. Insane. No, it was inane. In the membrane. Sure. <laughs> I don't care. I'd rather be in, inane and happy. Ah, la, la. Oh, hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here, giving you my take on uh, the last week's events, really. I think that the omens are in place with Carol Toboggan and her psychic skills. There was poor old Bert going on about never seeing Frieda again. Now she's in a better place and how he's not going to be able to talk to her anymore. I've just got this feeling that Carol's either going to get out the Ouija board and attempt to get Frida on board to uh, talk to him or she's going to make one of those special herbal teas that she's becoming famous for and he's going to have a lovely trip be reunited with Frida whilst he's having one of these cup of herbal teas and I'm also worried about dear old Ed Grundy I mean the poor boy I mean he does his best doesn't he and now he's been given this bit of work to clear out the head to do maintain the hedges for Charlie and I think it's going to make him bankrupt because now that Charlie's got him clearing out the ditches as well, anything that he finds he's going to have to keep quiet about. If he doesn't, he's going to end up being sued in the courts and he's going to end up bankrupt. Failing that, he's going to be spending so much time doing the hedges he can't do anything else that he can get paid for and he'll go bankrupt. Either way, Charlie's got him over a barrel. I really don't like it. Really worried about poor Ed. So that's my views on the week that we've just had. Really loving everybody's views um, at the moment, especially Tim Bentink. You are a god. Loved the interview. So happy with that last week. All those little insights. Brilliant. Okay, everybody, gotta go. Talking of inane but happy. Sorry, Mustafa Grumble, but Mustafa Grumble has emailed us. Um, he said, please take up the idea of yoga mats with your blocking my chakras emblazoned on them. It will solve <laughs> the yet again, what do I get my mother for her birthday dilemma. Mm. And if you can sort out a gym towel with, oh no, not the sodding arches again, please turn it off. Printed on it, that will sort out my father. They celebrate their golden wedding anniversary next year. And he's never yet managed to break my mother's archers habit. Although the Adam Charlie storyline is getting close. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <sighs> um, and Joe Bolter has emailed us. Hello, Joe. 
to say thank you to lovely Millie Bell for uh, mentioning the Archers Anonymous on last week's show. Um, and she said that she liked the no background music. I know this is going to be a bone of contention and you doubtless have violent views on whether or not we should No, 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 no. Here's the thing, right? I... All right, Maisha. Yeah, proper teenager lump just getting out of bed now. Um, all right, close the door. Here's the thing. I've been surprised about the background music debate kerfuffle, right? Right. Because, um, so I left it off last week, not completely, but whole swathes of the show were, were nude of music. Yes. Nude. Naked. Yes. My monologue was naked. Yeah. <laughs> Your wibbly bits were there on show, <laughs> right? And I didn't say out. And then on the Twitters, there were like two or three people saying, don't like it, I miss the music. So I um, so there was a tweet in with somebody and I says, I got a sneaky feeling that there is a bit of a, an age breakdown with this. Yeah. Well, I can't remember whether I said it or whether um, it was John, John that first said this. Uh, but we kind of speculated that if you're if you are one side of fifty, you're going to be much more tolerant of the music than if you're another side of fifty. So you can work out really what I'm saying. <clears throat> of which um, somebody on the Twitter says, "Well, I'm the other side of fifty, and I quite like the music." So I was kind of surprised that there were as many supporters for the music. Uh, but yes, um, I don't really care either way anymore, and. <laughs> The thing is, is that it does mean that the shows get edited a trifle quicker. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm. And anything that helps me bang these shows out uh, in a more speedy fashion, I'm kind of up for. Uh, so, um, I think I'm going to do it the same way again this week, which will probably set in stone that this is now the format. I can't really be fussed. Uh, as I said before, um, in terms of marketing of the show and creating something which is about a, a Radio 4 institution, I didn't want it at all to sound like Radio 4. And you could say, well, they wouldn't have an idiot like you on Radio 4 anyway. So the fact that you're prattling on Royful, of course it doesn't sound like Radio 4. But I wanted, it, I wanted this to be a standalone show in every way, shape and form. And this is going to sound a little bit harsh, but if a whole load of Radio 4 listeners instinctively go, you know, because it the very cadence <laughs> of the whole thing is not Radio 4, it's kind of done its job, to be honest with you. You know, and... and That's I, and me, I, isn't it? It's what you always say. Different. Well, Don't like it. <laughs> well, there's there are many reasons why people listen to Radio 4. And one of them is 
there is no music on it. So the very fact that people are like, music, don't like it. Well, of course, because you know, a lot of, a lot of people <laughs> listen to the artists of Radio 4 diehards and don't, not that they don't like music, but they think music has its place and it shouldn't be um, next to somebody talking because that is um, another radio station, that's another format. So, but whatever. I'm just all over the debate and whatever. Let's move on. So there you go. So there's going to be a little bit of music, <laughs> but not much. There you go. <laughs> um, Joe also says uh, she would like to get into my posse. She said she was going to say pussy posse, but then she read the sentence and thought better of it. Quite right, Joe. But you are more than welcome, my darling. Mm. Um, well, I think just get get Andrew to otch up a bit, and you'll fit in marvelously. So you've got three in your pussy posse now. Yes, I have. Yeah, your pussy posse is almost as big as my Wonder Women. Is it? Oh, they're not my Wonder Woman. God, no, Kiva, that's, that's so Freudian every time, isn't it? Yeah, the, the Wonder Woman. So yes. let's see who joins which group next, shall we? Okay. Mm. Right, uh, we got anything? Oh, have we got to do a Vicky Cole? Oh, no, we've done Vicky Cole. We've done Vicky Cole. We need to do our Poet uh, Laureate. Uh, the final word on Frida, apart from a tweet which is coming up. <laughs> the second from Friday, final word. The penultimate, penultimate word <laughs> on Frida from our Poet Laureate, Fifi Fanshaw. Over to you, Miss Fanshaw. Farewell, Frida Fry. Though we never heard you at all, you had the skill to make a pie for those who came to call. They came into the ploughman's and they all demanded your delicious food. You were on a culinary treadmill, sometimes boiling, never stewed. And it seemed to us that you lived your life like a kitchen slave for years, never speaking, just preparing, cooking, washing up. And we would have liked to have heard you talk or scream or shout. Your baking never burned but now. Your pilot light's gone out. Do you think Bert would get married again? Oh, God, no. Are you mad? But a lot of widows... You see, women who lose their husbands live longer than men who lose their wives. And men who lose their wives seem to, well, in my experience, get... They sort of find someone else incredibly quickly because they kind of um, are looking, they suddenly realise they don't know how to use an iron or, you know, what do you mean I've got to cook for myself? And they kind of, they're looking for a housekeeper, basically, I think. But where's he going to find her? Is he what's going to get on Tinder? <laughs> or greyer? <laughs> what the... It's well... like there, there, there aren't any suitable candidates, are there? You know, it's not Auntie Christine. They're of a different social class, yeah. for want of a better expression. It's not Carol Toboggan. Ditto the uh, Auntie uh, Christine thing. So who's yeah. he got? Who's no, he? he hasn't got no anyone. No. Unless he I'm goes to Penny Hassett, start hanging out in to... tea shops in Penny Hassett, and you know. Well, he won't need to because the tea bagging service will be opening soon, <laughs> won't it? <laughs> the tea bagging service. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> mm. All right. Hey, listen. Oh, oh, so we done with calls. Yeah. All right, great. Now, shall you we... You went into a little reverie then, didn't you, thinking about Fallon and teabagging? I wouldn't... I'd love to teabag her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's going, 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 going. <sighs> oh. Are we doing Tweets of the Week? Mm, yeah. 
Let's okay. do tweets of the week. But why don't we first do just a little touch of uh, the... Let's, let's go down under. Okay. Good day, everyone. It's Millie Bell here. Well, I got a really interesting response to my roundup of all the Archers fan sites last week. Uh, so I thought I'd just add an extra bit of uh, information that I got. I went through and checked which of the sites were public and uh, which were closed. And also I checked on the numbers and there's an interesting, uh, an interesting thing that comes out of this. So the Archers Anonymous page is public and that has 1,418 members. Ambridge View is closed and has 175 members. Uh, the Ambridge Addicts is also closed. That has 3,483 members. Upstairs at the Bull is also closed and has it has a really lovely welcome. It says, don't tell me this show sucks. Don't like it? Then this is probably not the group for you. <laughs> Which I think is direct and to the point. That has 690 members and is closed. And the Archers Appreciation Group is public. Now that's been going for quite some time and that has 6,655 members. Other thing that I found interesting is that there are still character fan pages opening up. Hazel Nuts opened up this week and that's for Hazel Woolley and that's a closed page and now has the, uh, it's not quite into double digits. Uh, but I'm sure it will be soon. Carol Tregoran is a closed group and there are 39 members there. Eddie Grundy, and I think that page is called Real Orns, these, um, is public with 27 members. Jim Lloyd is a public group and he, there's 144 members in that, which is really quite impressive. And that's a great bit of fun because they talk in um, like pretend Latin sometimes, which I really enjoy. And sometimes probably real Latin, I don't know, I'm making it up. The Tony Archer site is public and has 81 members. And uh, so Royfield got into a small bit of trouble on the David Archer site because he was having a bit of um, a joke with uh, a Tim Bentink and said, that his uh, fan base had shot up to 35. I need to say that, in fact, there are 178 members there, um, which Royfield did know, and that's a closed group. And uh, Tim is pretty active on there. I noticed he posted up a song uh, that he'd written. Well, not really a song, it wasn't really singing, but he did post up something that he'd done there, so that was rather fun. So the only question that I really asked on uh, Dumpty Dum this week was about what dress code we all thought we would like Joe Grundy to try next. And there were some great um, suggestions. Dee Leary, very, very brave, suggested nipple tassels. If I'm honest, I don't want to see Joe Grundy's nipples. Uh, Steve Foxen-Durnian, he wants to see uh, Joe in drag with a big wig. Uh, Mark Evidence, hoping for an adamant kind of look. Um, Ruth Simpson says Chav in Burberry or maybe Gandhi complete with little round glasses. Kate Newey just thinks Joe Grundy should get out of her radio. Katie Michelle Duhamel said nothing beats a pair of comfy swans and I'm not really sure what they are. She posted a picture and I still don't really know what they are. Diane Telford suggested he could dress up as a hipster which would be very funny. He'd have to grow a special little beard for that. But my absolute favourite, I just loved this mainly because if this were to happen I'd like to see Brian's face. Julie Pickering said she would like Joe Grundy to dress up as a gentleman farmer. Can you imagine Brian's face? What a hoot. Anyway, I will speak to you all again next week. So I hope you all have a good one. And uh, hooroo from Australia. 
see I love our trips to Ayers Rock and back. Yay. Mm. Oh, crumbs. It's not called that anymore, is it? Is it? No. What's it called? Oh, God. Oh, has something else been renamed and no one's told me? Well, it's been, re- it's, dare I say, the, the traditional native name has been uh, oh, okay. re-remembered. It has been renamed. It's been reverted to what it should have been yeah, all yeah, the yeah. way along. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway. Um, do you want to do Tweets of the Week, then? Well, I don't do them. You do them. Okay. I just uh, listen. Barefoot mower. And go... <laughs> <laughs> <But not yet. laughs> the, the opportune time. Um, barefoot mower mm. said, "I preferred Tony when he was in a coma." <laughs> um, Steve That's Brooks harsh. said, "Why can't Alan do thought for the day? Then I could ignore him in the morning too." Uh, Costa Lady said, "I wonder what the actress who played Frida will do now." And Annie Reggett replied, <laughs> "There have been auditions, but no one has heard anymore." Very good, ladies. Uh, hey. Um, Pete Lambert. Mm. This is another poetic tribute to Frida. There was once a woman called Frida, as loquacious as any who'd meet her. A gossip, a chatter, a poet, a rapper. Rest in peace, Ambridge's Madam Speaker. Hey. And this is my tweet. Uh, no, it's not. It's very nearly my tweet of the week. This was a, a tiebreaker. This is Becky, ba- Ble- Ugh. Becky Black Books said... Uh, had Rob talking to Adam. Adam, I need some of your saliva in my mouth. Adam said, <laughs> bloody hell, Rob, I've already got two blokes on the go. <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't talked about that, have we? JJ says he did. But, you know, we have our resident king of sperm. <laughs> um, for, for listeners who might not have uh, been with us long enough to know exactly who and what you're referring to, you might need to explain that, how he's come up with that monkey up there. King of Sperm is uh, Philippa Davies' husband, and I refer to him as Philippa Davies' husband because I don't know how to pronounce his Twitter name, which is Edevmas or something. Um, he used to work for the CSA, and we, uh, we were asking him if you could fake a uh, DNA, paternity um, sample test uh, because everyone's first thought was ah ha ha Adam is go- uh, uh, Rob is going to get Adam to uh, he's going to blackmail Adam into um, giving the sample it's a cheek swab uh, you have to have your um, I can't remember the, the ins and outs of it so to speak but you have to uh, you give the cheek swab and you have ID and the um, uh, the uh, so it is very, very difficult to fake, basically, because uh, there is ID that goes with it. And you've got um, to, and your know, picture is taken, which is then sent to the other party. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, because presumably it has to be, uh, Rob uh, will not have been the first person, let us say. Half of Jeremy Kyle would have been faking them left, right and centre otherwise. So um, he's not the first person to, to, to consider, if indeed he is um, uh, considering faking a paternity test. So uh, I'm not sure how uh, that would work. So I don't quite know what Rob is playing at, except for the fact that I don't now think the baby is his. Uh, I'm not going to be pronouncing this correctly, but Ayers Rock is now Uluru. Ah! Yes, that's how we should refer it. Okay. 
Okay, cool. Uh, oh, anyway, we still haven't done tweets for the week, though, have we? Yeah, no, I was in the middle of asking you a question. Oh, I'm sorry. You were too busy looking at... I was Googling. I was Googling. Yes. Well, stop Googling. That explains a funny, repetitive clonking noise. Um, what... That's just do, me do hitting, you, pinching myself to keep myself awake whilst you prattled off. Shut up. <laughs> do you think mm. that Ethernet is Titchy Knob's baby or not? Answer a one side of the question only. Your time starts now. Uh, well, I thought not at the start because, as I said, um, that first exchange was a bit peculiar and she was doing, well, you are the child's father because we are married. Yeah. And I made a point, at least on two occasions, said, ha-ha, there you go. He's not because these script yeah. writers are quite smart. Yeah. But but subsequent to that, in the last couple of weeks, she has said, do the maths. We did the do, Rob. Yeah. Um, it's your kidly week. I still think, I still hope that he's not for another twist and turn with this. And I'm not really up for twists and turns generally with the archers. I just want um, one storyline a year. The rest is just flour and produce and cake baking. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want drama. I, I just want uh, characters. However, with this, because um, we are on a soap ride on a roller coaster, we, we might as well just have the, well, he must be the father, he must be the father. I, I pray, hope that he isn't. He's still an evil, horrible person, and I don't like him. And he's got an absolute dreadful temper. And it has to be said, uh, what I'm absolutely loving is the suppressed rage that Rob has, generally. You know, just he's just he's just this ball of frustration and rage, and the the actor who we've now met uh, plays it with such a plum. He has this incredible kind of rich uh, voice, and then the the nuance is just there when you know as he's about to lose, you can just feel it happening, and uh, he's absolutely brilliant character, and I want him to be in Ambridge for a long time. Though he will drive Helen into a very early grave. He'll either put her there physically. I was going to say, he'll push her in there. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, he'll just set, send her barking anyway. But um, I hope that he isn't. Just, you know, I'm not one for, <laughs> as I said, I'm not one for, for Sophie drama normally, but it's just, it'll be just too obviously signposted yeah. if he is. I think what's interesting about this, I said this on the podcast that, that disappeared, I think. Um, but I find this, the uh, narrative, the character arc of Rob, he is now at the really dangerous stage, mm. I think, because he is now at the point where things are starting to unravel. And for somebody who is as controlling as Rob, that is that makes him vulnerable and things that are you know animals or anything when they're cornered that's when they attack and with some a, some, a, a bully a, a sort of somebody who undermines other people who um you know uh aggrandise itself aggrandizes at the expense of other people's confidence in the way that he does particularly Helen um, this is the point where he will start to panic because he will start to feel that his grip on 
on everything this kind of heavy-handed deadening weight that he puts over everything to control it is starting to shift and it is going to make him panic and this is when they start doing dangerous things very very harmful things this is when the abuse goes from uh being um subtle to being overt and being physical so i don't think we've got long to wait sadly until somebody gets bashed either helen or henry possibly i think henry's probably going to be more for it really henry Mm, yeah but he does show a lot of love and concern for that boy yes but a lot of abusers do to the out of the outside they could they appear but they appear that as long as they're not challenged as soon as they're challenged that's when you see what they're actually uh what they're actually like uh, what their what their actual intent is as long as everybody is as long as everybody is going colluding with their little empire with them as the you know the the, the ruler they can mask it and things appear relatively normal it's when that is challenged by something i uh, listen i i i agree with your kind of um, analysis of um the way that a lot of abusers can can appear to people outside of that domestic situation. However, we've had more than one insight where um, Rob has been a good, capable, and caring um, father, stroke yeah, stepfather when... um, behind closed curtains. Yes, but that was when everything in Rob's world was going exactly as he wanted. He'd got shot of Jess. She didn't seem to be playing up. He'd got Helen right where he wanted her. He got the cottage. He was lined up to get the cottage. He'd managed to avoid, you know, he sort of made lip service to marrying her, and he, but she hadn't pushed him for anything further. He seemed to have got Robin. He seemed to have got Pat and Tony on side. He'd got rid of um, Tom. Uh, there was everything. He'd got rid of Kirsty. Everybody that challenged him, he'd got rid of, one way or another. And he was living in his little fantasy world, where he was coming home, and Helen was there to smooth his brow and give him his steak and not cook tuna and all the rest of it. Uh, she'd given up her job. She'd done exactly what he wanted, and he had created this incredibly claustrophobic tight little world where everything was completely under control but now things are slipping peggy's changed her mind which he didn't expect and he really didn't like tom's back and challenging him charlie knows his secrets and the thing that they really hate is anybody finding out any weakness you could hear that in his voice. And when he said, it's nothing to do, do with me, Rob, it's your private life. You could hear Rob desperately trying to kind of uh, wheedle his way out of it and sort of say, oh, well, she's mad. It's not me. It's da, da, da. You know, just the horror at being caught out doing something that damages his sort of allegedly spotless reputation. Um, you know, all this, it's starting to slip. Things are slipping out of his control. And this is this is the turning point. Mm. <laughs> that, You're still there? That, that was quite, stop, stop, quite impressive, Miss <laughs> Freeman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, I get a bit carried away with this. No, stuff. No, I think no. it's such a good storyline and it's so interesting and so horrifying. 
to see. And yeah, well written, really well written. Anyway, should we do tweet of the week now? She says, lightening things up a little bit. Bloody hell! <laughs> this is the longest ever tweet of the week section. Yes, sorry. ever. Sorry. All anyway, right. tweet of the week is about <laughs> from Penny Shukards. Dear Mr. Titchener, thanks for submitting a sample. Unfortunately, we have identified this as bovine semen. Kindly try again. Right, on board. All right, cool. Well, uh, well, if you've done tweets of the week, we've done calls. You've had your monologue. Uh, that means we just. About... I had two monologues. I went off on a right monologue. You did. Out, didn't I? You did. You did. Oh, you know, it's one. It's one of the few times doing this podcast you've truly impressed me. Thank you. I think. No, I've always been impressed by your comedic chops. But you were just like so insightful. Your analysis was spot on. You know, I just wasn't a peep out of me. I think you can give there. old. Uh... I think you went off to go and get a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you figured it out. <laughs> you bent down the shop, got the milk, come back, and I was still going. Well, and another thing! With a spoon, give him a run for his money. That, 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 that was most excellent. Most I excellent. I've had a beard than mine. Um, really? Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now, if it's if it's if it's the end of the show, um, we should give you some shop news. Right now, yes. shop news. Right, shop news. <laughs> Miss HK Cheshire, the proud owner of Splash of Gin in That Darling mugs, and Ashley Rodman from Illinois, who I think I might have mentioned this before. But anyway, if I did, well, you've got two mentions. Uh, Ashley Rodman from Illinois who shelled out for an organic men's fitted t-shirt now why don't you join Does it only fit organic men I don't know any organic men most of mine are deeply artificial sorry carry on I think we all know it's the t-shirt that's organic organic uh... <laughs> I don't know you don't want me to start riffing on AI and things like that no. Good. Right. Uh, now, so why don't you join them uh, by heading over to www.dumdydum.com to uh, forward slash shop to buy some merch. You can get some. But remember, you've got to tweet or Facebook the pics because we like that, don't we, Lucy? We like seeing people yes. with their mugs or in their T-shirts. In fact, I need, can you remind me, I need to buy a, ba- a Dumpty Dum baby thing for my friend in America. Well... Considering that you said when we set the shop up that all of your Christmas uh, presents buying was now sorted and you didn't I buy know, but then I worried, you see, that people would think I was getting it all for nothing. And I thought they'd think, you stingy so cow. bloody English, you know. The Yanks wouldn't matter, wouldn't care a jot, right? And all the family would thank them and say, look, that's really good. We're supporting you in your endeavour by wearing stuff which has your logo emblazoned all over it. Oh, You're well. so English. Anyway. Um, so, anyway, don't be like Lucy. Just buy stuff that has our name on it, whether you need it or not. Just buy it, because that'd be great. Smash it and super. And then tweet the pictures, or Facebook, or Instagram. We never mentioned Instagram. We don't have an Instagram account, but you can just Instagram on your own account. <laughs> that'd be great. Or Pinterest. Use that as well. <laughs> we don't have a Pinterest My account. MySpace! But Does if you... <laughs> Have you seen the new MySpace? It actually looks quite cool. 
Really? It's actually really slickly designed and all sorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pinterest, MySpace, Instagram. Um, there must be another social network that we. Badu, there you go. Use that. <laughs> <laughs> Put all, put all your pics of you in your kit on there and just block it. There you go, there you go. Right, now, uh, now, why don't we talk, Lucy, now about how people can just, like, give us cash? Yes. Right, now, if you'd like to do that, because you're all up to your knees or eyebrows or eyes or whatever you're up to in our stuff, you're like, oh, I can't have any more stuff that says dum dum what you can do is just like donate some money to us by uh, clicking on the donate button which is on our website on dumdydum.com now um who do we need to thank for giving us some moolah in the last week lucy uh julie pickering and catherine kavanagh we love you lots the pair of you because you've deposited your hard-earned cash into our coffers now it's the bit of the show that everyone's been waiting for. It's news, reviews, news, news reviews. Um, absolutely no one has seen fit to review us, so thank you very much. Yeah. Now, it's 7 billion people on planet Earth, right? 7 billion. That's with a B, billion. Yeah. And how many people, how, as a percentage, Lucy, out of that 7 billion, how many, people, how many do you think actually listen to The Archers? At least half. Yes, right. Uh, I think you're wildly exaggerating that figure, but I'm going to go with that, right? So that's 3.5 billion people listen to the Archers, yep. right? Now Every day, twice. <laughs> now, out of that 3.5 billion, how many people... That's do you why think... Listen Again keeps crashing. <laughs> how many people do you think listen as a percentage to Dumpty Dum? Um, three quarters of them. So that's probably about 2.75 billion people. Yeah. Now, yeah. you'd think if there's 2.75 billion people, one of the buggers could have been bothered <laughs> to write a review in the last effing week. You'd have thought so, really, wouldn't <laughs> Well, yes. Quite frankly. Mm. Those sort of figures. It's a bad show. A poor show, <laughs> I say. It's a, it's... They probably think we're a poor show. That's why they're not bloody <laughs> reviewing us. Anyway. Now... Um, this is the thing, and I haven't gone on a Actually, little... Leslie Phillips' voice is an absolute char. You're all an absolute char for not reviewing us. Now, I haven't gone on a rant about this for a little while. All right, but the reason why this is important, it's because eventually we might actually get top of the podcast charts and it does it's not just down on downloads folks the fact that each week more people listen is about eight to ten percent more it kind of almost matters not a jot to itunes because it needs the reviews and the listeners for you to get in the podcast charts so if you want to see the end of this section write reviews if you don't it's as simple as that if i just bore you if you are fed up if you're fatigued if you are irked knocked whatever the heck you are put an end to it write reviews and i won't say it ever again it's as simple as that otherwise this section is going at the front of the show like it used to at the start that'll really piss people off <laughs> <laughs> so it's in your own hands i wash my hands of it pontius pilot star I it's do, over i to do you. think we need to have a serious chat about listener engagement because really? we've gone from calling them caller inners to buggers and threatening them again yeah i'm calling them fuckers now <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, it's in your hands. You know, there's 2.75 billion of you, and that's scientifically worked out. You've heard, yeah, you've, you've, by you, me. yeah, you know, with my grade C maths GCSE 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be three or four of you each week that can write reviews. Yeah. There you go. Even if they just say bum willy poo poo, we yeah. don't mind. We, we don't care. As long as you just five star review it, say whatever you want. Talk about yeah. something else. Talk about your real favourite podcast. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Emmerdale. That's fine. We don't care. <laughs> Poor well, Mark. <laughs> now, there is another way. There is another way in which we can get our grasping claws on your money. And that's if you go to patreon.com, which is spelled. Oh, you normally do the Patreon bit, don't you? Yes, go you can also go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.30. Uh, you might want to tell, spell Patreon. Poata Rae Opna. Yeah, great. Smashing. <laughs> Remember, you can also send us a voice message via the site, or you can call 0203 from a phone. An ordinary like a phone type phone uh, to leave us a message. One uh, of those things people used to talk on mm, before yes. they started texting. Yeah, and uh, playing games on them. Yeah, mm, and video and chatting and things on, and doing your banking on. I find it really helpful to do my banking via my phone. It's brilliant. But it's good because you can do it before you forget. Mm, yeah, and then when you've kind of forgotten, and then you've just remembered, you don't don't have to then run down to the bank and have all that palaver. You can just do it on your phone. It's, it's, yes, it's really quite convenient. But if you don't have such a clever phone and you just have a like a feature phone, uh, you can use that. Now, yep. uh, right, ping us a text message type. We say text message, and really it's an email. Mm. Mm. You can send us an email via our website. So you go into www.dumdum.com, click on contact us, and this big form thing comes up. You can just write to your heart's content. It's not a text, it's an email. Um, you can do that if you like. Or you can tweet me on the Twitters where I'm at Royfield. Me at Lucy V. Freeman. Or oh, the both of us. At Dumpty Dum. Oh, you moved it all around this week, haven't you? Mm, mm. Yeah, I'm trying to catch you out. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so please, please, please keep those reviews coming because we're going to be top of the podcast charts, but we won't if you buggers do not write reviews. So please, please, please keep those reviews coming because we're going to be top of the podcast charts before someone absolutely mindedly roasts heads up hen. That literally didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> But it's, it's a whole bit peculiar. Right, uh, we got anything to say before we go? Uh, no. Mm. Have you? May I just say, on behalf of everybody, where it comes to Rob and the paternity test... <laughs> In your face, stitching up. In your face. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.